0: Hi everyone and welcome to In Diverse Companies latest podcast and we'll be discussing um, feminism which uh, you know is an evergreen topic but I think um, it's pretty topical today with um, the BLM movement and how importantly how women of colour Um, are represented within feminism and much wider. There's so many different um, areas we can explore with this topic. Uh, But I think as we were planning this, we mentioned it will be a great starting point to look at the history. Um, Just a quick discussion on what we know and how it's evolved over the last decade or so. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I, I think my first introduction of it was at school think secondary school it was around the suffragettes. So I think that's the only sort of um, education that I've had around it um, prior to sort of, uh, you know, now. Um, and it was sort of around, you know, how women fought for their um, freedom to vote. And that's that that was literally my only uh knowledge of it um, up until I guess my early twenties. Um, and then you sort of learn more about the different waves of feminism, um, intersectionality, um, how it's different in other countries, the inclusion of men into it and, and what that looks like. Um, um, but what I found quite interesting for me is how centred it was around the right to vote and women be able to vote and um, Emmeline Packhurst, for example, um so i, I would say a, a lot of my understanding of the history of feminism has been very self taught um but yeah i don't know i don't know what you guys um um have had sort of um experience wise around history
1: yeah i think um for me definitely like it's part of u k curriculum in in history and somewhat in sociology so i definitely i think that that was my first um formal introduction to feminism but In my household, like, my mum was very open about, um, like, even the women's choice to contraception from, like, it's not a conversation we had uh, when I was five or anything, but as a teenager, we definitely had that conversation and, you know, women having the right to make decisions over their own own bodies and stuff. So whilst I learned about the subject, movement, I think that that definitely seems to be, for me and my... um, friendship group the first time that you're really taught about feminism there's a lot more Mm -hmm. obviously we know there's a lot more to that but I I know that for my own upbringing um my mum was very forthright about having the conversation about being a woman and you know standing up for your rights and stuff like that like it was just part of our household conversation really um Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's different to anybody else's experience, but it just by the time I learned about suffragettes, I was already quite aware of feminism and what that, what that looked like, particularly from my mum's perspective and the influence that she had on me on my perspective of feminism.
2: Yeah, no, you know, I'd, I'd absolutely echo that, my. As you asked that question, Antonia, my mum is is at the forefront of my my mind, and whenever I think about education, I I will have definitely learned some of it through school, and it, when I went to university, there was a lot within my within my course, but but my mum has definitely been the biggest influence around feminism, both from a a taught education perspective on, on the history of it around the history of suffragettes. But, but even earlier on than that, um, you know, in the early 15th century, the movements of, of, of of different women, um, and the, the the history of of, of women's experiences. Um, and, and, and I also think that right for women to vote was a very significant, um, piece of of, of legislation and, and that passing and you know I always remember my mum as soon as I turned 18 and you know the thought of me never using my, my right to, to vote but also um, just in terms of you know how how I was brought up and the language that was used in our house and I you know I have two brothers and um, always feeling really fortunate that there was any, never anything that I didn't think that I could do, and I didn't think was a career. You know, I, I spent actually my like uh, early childhood really wanting to be a pilot, and it was probably my mother that was the most encouraging of that. So uh, there's kind of that that formal education and history piece, and um, but also that re- really significant influence in, I think, why I'm such a strong feminist, um, and. But also then kind of education piece just in terms of equal rights and and the fact that whilst there was progress in women's rights, there wasn't really progress in in, in equal rights. And even and, and this is more, you know, history that I've I've learned, you know, in my 20s and my, my 30s around how whilst white women have benefited much more from, from feminism over over the years, um, that women of colour, black women, brown women haven't as, as as much. I know we're going to come on to that, but when you look back at the history, many of the suffragettes were black black women that were that were fighting for rights of all women, and and I think that that's a really important part of history that's often not taught and often not remembered. Um, I definitely know when I think about my history lessons of learning around women suffragettes they were all white white women we learned about but many of the women that were fighting for those rights were were not white women
3: i did not learn about feminism in school because we weren't actually formally taught about it uh, right after I, you know graduated from school i took a course on media gender and culture which is when i was formally introduced to the concept of feminism uh now my take on it is that Basically, you can't fully be taught it because your beliefs are your own and they're also um, formed by your culture, the people around you and how, you, how your entire thought process is. And funnily enough, my father is more of a propagator of feminism for me in my life. He's always told me about, he's always talking about equality, about how women should have each and every single right to, you know, go the way they want despite... Um, given the culture and the kind of society that we live in in india and how women should be educated and have equal rights even in their professional life and not be judged for any decisions that they take so um feminism i feel like is subjective and um, i know that again we'll come to this topic but it's not wholly understood in india as it is in other parts of the world
0: yeah no that's a really good point there actually um and it was all quite interesting to hear um, Dina and, and you Johanna talk about um, sort of your mother's influence and I think I can relate a bit more with Avanti around India and um, feminism because my I would say my mum's a feminist in terms of how she behaves and the things she says but would she describe herself as a feminist? I don't think so mm-hmm. I, I think the word is still quite taboo in Nigeria mm. um, and uh, you know, things are changing now, but I do think traditionally, you know, you do, it is a man's world there still. Um, and I do think over the last couple of years, things have changed, but it's quite interesting. It I would be, I don't think my mum would ever describe herself as a feminist, um, even though the, the what she does say and believe is that they are feminist values. Um, but yeah, and I, I guess it leads me onto sort of the next question around do you think feminism is inclusive? And if so, why? And if not, why?
3: So again, uh, this is a really subjective question and I will speak more um, to do with how it is in India. So in India, feminism isn't really completely understood, unfortunately, and its it hasn't been fleshed out completely. So um, some people look at it as male bashing. Some people feel like you're making females want to be like you know the male race in general so uh, i think there are a lot of aspects that need to be um like for feminism to be inclusive there are a lot of aspects that need to be looked into for example um sexuality or ability so for example if you're gay or a lesbian it's not completely open over here so i wouldn't say it's completely inclusive right now
2: you know, taking that that point, I actually don't think feminism is is inclusive for a number of reasons, and primarily for the reason of intersectionality. I, I think it's primarily focused on quite a, a, you know a single group of of, of women. My, my personal view here is that there is some elements that perhaps have that that have have been or have set out with the intention to be, but I think overall. It isn't, and it and it hasn't been. If we think about, as an example, the RBGT community. If we think about, um, for example, those women that are not white, so black, brown, um, mixed, mixed race, even those that have, um, disab- you know, disabilities. So yeah, m- my thoughts are: it's not as inclusive as it as it should be.
3: Just adding, uh just another point to yours. So a lot of uh, marginalized groups, uh, especially now speaking in India again, they aren't even aware of the entire concept of feminism and equality. So they don't feel like they are have a right to even, you know, um, be a feminist. So mm-hmm. I completely agree with you on that. What are
0: your thoughts, Dina?
1: I was just about to come in there, and um, for me, on a on a when I think about it, on a. Uh, personal and social level, like my social group, my family, I do think it's inclusive. But then when I think about what we actually mean by inclusiveness, then no, it's it, it's not as inclusive as it should be. Um, so I think sometimes... Personally, for me, I have to challenge what... I I feel like this is with many different um, diversity and inclusion topics. I have to challenge what is the norm for me and the circle that I move in to what is the norm experience for many. Um, And there's always that you always have to have that balance um, and challenge yourself um, in respect to to remember that what is your norm isn't necessarily everybody else's norm. Um, I think for me as well, I... When Johanna was talking earlier about um, being brought up in a like to be feminist and, and stuff like that, I, I haven't really unpacked it, but I think that a lot of the drive that my mum had for me to have this confidence and assertiveness to kind of really be who I am or pursue the dreams and ambitions that I have was double loaded with being black and female. So when I look back at my childhood, like, it just was we had you just registered to vote and you vote every time. Because for us, my mum's argument would always be you are a black woman and so many women and women of colour have fought for you to have that simple right. Don't do that and then estimate the value of that. And, yeah, there's a whole problem. I have, you know, a whole problem with the whole voting system. But that's besides the point. It's about understanding the, the privilege that I have to be brought up in a society where I do get that vote. Um, so yeah, it's, it's already this conversation is making me really kind of unpack and pick the, was, has everything that I've been taught simply been about being a woman or is it also been about being a black woman and being confident and, and, all embracing of that. So mm-hmm. my mind
3: kind of working over while we had this
0: conversation. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you brought some really interesting points because even though I don't know what my mum would say if I asked her, she saw herself as a feminist, but she was bent on me voting. And it wasn't even just voting. You have to work harder. Be mindful of how you come across. Like, this is what it's like, you know, stand up for yourself. So she would always kind of Prepared, this is what it's like in the real world, and this is what I face in 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 the workplace, for example. So, I think there was a lot of, you know, seek th- th- seek out women like you as well that can support you because X Y Z could happen. Remember this. So she would she she was very aware, um especially when coming to this country that. Um, being a woman is going to be very different from being a white woman, for example, here. So, yeah, I can totally relate with that um, with that experience. And I guess in terms of whether I think feminine, f- feminism is inclusive, I think the actual overarching aim is, but I don't know if it is in practice. And I think it is just because there's a lot of spotlight and a lot of shine over the last, I would say, decade and this form of feminism which I guess uh, I know there's white feminism but I think you see a lot of white feminism in corporate feminism it it is basically corporate feminism so I'll see a lot of brands and a lot of businesses saying um you know it's International Women's Day but all their pictures will be of white women for them diversity sort of stops there a lot of these women will talk about how great feminism is and how they've broken a glass ceiling but it's almost as if what about your black female peers in that business. Um, So uh, I think a lot can be done. And Dina, you make a really good point about the whole idea of the norm. I think it's something that we can check ourselves, check ourselves, because I saw this really interesting tweet and um, uh, a black woman was talking about how she's setting up all these events and stuff. And she was creating all these materials, but she thought, this is inclusive, but actually what if one of my attendees is dyslexic? Is this, uh, and what about, uh, you know, a neurodiverse person? Would they be able to retain this information? Is this accessible to them? As a feminist, should I not be thinking about this? And I thought, oh my gosh, this is something I actually don't think about. So I think it's definitely a working process and everyone can do more to be inclusive because I don't think it's definite. And do I think we can all get there at the same time? Absolutely not. But I think it's those steps and those constant, constant, you know, self-affection check-ins to make sure we're doing the work. Um, I think it's really important. Yeah, yeah I, I would
1: second that, definitely. And, uh, yeah, and I just think that there's definitely a need for us to constantly be re, rechecking and reassessing ourselves on our norm and, and what we're doing. Um if every person did that, it would create more inclusiveness, I think. Um, I think that we can easily just become, yeah, you just become blinkered, whether it's positive or negative. If you feel that you're in a very diverse mix if you feel that you're having very diverse conversations you it becomes very normal for you to think well that that will probably be the shared experience of many because Mm. it's your environment so i think we all have that responsibility to constantly be reassessing ourselves
0: a hundred percent
2: yeah yeah
0: something i actually started just thinking about and i thought oh my gosh like I'm a black woman, but what if I'm a black disabled woman, <laughs> you know? Like, I I, I literally don't... There's, there's that area of being able-bodied that I don't even think about most of the time. Yeah, days. yeah, um, yeah.
1: So it's or definitely like something... neurodiverse as well as yeah. being black or being yeah. trans as well as... Like, there is so there is so much that you've... Like, and I think that it's... I think it's a human thing to do, right? Like, you think about the world and your experiences because it's all that you've known but you really do have to push yourself out of your comfort zone to be like well what if it was this what if it was that like and you tend to do that if it's about you and yours so if it's your family and your friends and they are saying you know as a black disabled woman these are the things that you become more aware right and then you become more knowledgeable and then you will take that on board. But if you if you don't see that or interact with that, it's like you said, you just have to really assess what your norm is looking like and if that's really reflective um, and progressive, you know? Yeah,
2: and it's your point of reference, isn't it? And it's that, you know, we all have our point of reference, which is, as you say, Dina, based on our lived experiences. And... Our point of references can be broadened if we have different friends, if we have, you know, if our net if we look at our networks and look at who is in our personal and professional networks, who are our children's friends. I, I read a brilliant article yesterday. Who was in your wedding photos? Did they all look like you if you're black? Are they all black? If you're white, are they all white? white white friends so I think you know when you have a point of reference your point of reference is very personal and that's individual for you but you can broaden your point of reference with greater impact of you know the people that are are around you both in a professional personal and I also think you know when you're a mother when you know who who your children are friends with who, who who they're playing with the schools that they're going the school you choose them to go to go with go to as well and I think that that's that's part of about how do you create um inclusive and you know I, and i've also got a real one of the things that i so often think is people use the word inclusion and they're not really using the word inclusion or inclusiveness or it, to the right definition and i think that that's part of it as well having a you know, real understanding of when you're saying I'm being inclusive actually are you really being inclusive in terms of Ensuring that when you're in a room, when you're having a conversation, you are inquisitive enough to be thinking about someone else's point of reference because we can't ever live in someone else's experience, but you can start to think about and have more, be more inquisitive about someone else's point of reference. And the only other thing I just wanted to mention, because as you were talking, as everyone was talking, it really made me also think about the definition of feminism. And I think one of the first really important conversations to be having with groups of, of women and women who have different experiences is also around what do we mean by feminism? What do we want to achieve by feminism? And I agree with you, Antonio. I think the intention was often potentially sometimes the right intention, potentially sometimes not. But equally for me, when I think about feminism and I, I think about this having boys as well as girls in my, my house, it's all around equality. It's not about favouritism and it's not about women succeeding over men's failure. And I think that that's why men are so important in this conversation Men are integral to the success of Feminism and feminism being inclusive as well, because this is isn't about. Um, in my, in my personal view, this is all about equality, and this isn't about women needing an extra hand. Because in my view, women are more than capable. They don't need an extra hand. What they need is an equal playing field, and every woman. And that, that's not just exclusive to, to white women. Every woman should have, a, have an equal playing field. And I so I also think that there is some tension and some difference in women's views about what feminism is and what feminism should be and what, what rights women should have.
1: I always wonder when I hear the the, the statement about having an equal playing field. Hear, automatically I'm always like, how likely is that going to be possible in my lifetime? That everybody yeah. Does have, like yes I get that is the end goal and that's the way that it should be but when you think about all of the barriers attitudes different societies like different societies are in different places how achievable really is that
2: it's a great it's a great question
1: it's a really good point
0: I think I think it's that whole um equity the equality debate because if we do think about it can we ever achieve equality in our lifetime I don't think we are as humans, I don't think we actually even function like that, to be honest, because of capitalism and etc. But do I think women should be given um, more equity, or women of color, or different in, in, intersectionalities to be on the same level playing field as white men? A hundred percent. But then, will people see that as women being favoured? I can see why. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then it's such a hard topic because. To Johanna's point, yeah, we don't actually, we don't want to, um, you know, trample over men. We don't hate men. It, it that's not the conversation, and it's, an, it's, a, it's an uncomfortable topic, right? Um, yeah, I think my sister made a really good point saying, you know, men are annoyed with everything that's going on because it's the first time where, you know they're not the focus and people are asking for more and now they're throwing their t- toys at the pram and it's, and my sister's like but they've been they've had the opportunity they, they've been like this for years why can't they just let us live I just thought damn I, <laughs> that's that's a good point is 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 that what it's really like and I did talk to um my friend and he's a white male and I was like do you find this really uncomfortable he's like why the hell should I like I'm privileged like i it's very very easy I would I I got into a really good job by just waddling through. I had like I, I didn't have everything. I just managed to get this really good job at the BBC, and I wasn't really looking for anything. And I got it. And he just said, "I just know plenty of my Black and Asian friends didn't have that experience, so I'm not going to be mad if extra opportunities are given to them." Um, so yeah, it's it's a difficult. Well, that's way, that's yeah. a different topic, though, isn't it? That's
1: white privilege. Yeah, which, you know, to me, which is because I was going to say, like, you do, a hundred percent, you have to have men in the conversation, but not every man has had an equal, like, has had that. There's still equity there. Isn't there? Yeah. So,
3: yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. There's oh, white, no. there's men and fem and and their their place in feminism, but then equally, are, there is so many men that still need to have a voice as well because there is equality within that their space, you know, so. There's that and that's what I'm talking about. Like there is so even if we're men, women, if we just talk about an equal playing field for all, there are so many obstacles and issues that have to be addressed right. Yeah. societal like like systems against, you know, there's a lot of against where it's there's systems against being at like allowing um disabled people the same access as um as able bodied people neurodiverse people black people people of color like there is so there is so much that this this ideology of a level a level playing field I just don't know if it it's we can make progress but I, I don't know yeah. I honestly don't believe it's something I'm gonna witness in my lifetime I, think I Continue to witness progress, and I think that that's fantastic. But we're a long way off. We're a long way off
2: that, that I yeah. yeah, and and uh, and I think that if you're if we are going to make progress quicker than we have done to date, the work primarily needs to be done in early years. It's not when someone's getting going as, as you say, and it's not someone someone's applying for a job in BB at the BBC, it's when someone is two, three years old and you know, the the interventions that are happening then, it's only that it's only then will we ever make any, in my view, significant progress in this in this whole area around equality. Um but even spe- but but I also feel exactly the same on 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 the point around around feminism. And I think in the connection of Feminism in, in Europe, in the U.S., in countries like India, until you're tackling it at a community level, and from you know the point that, that you know, and it, sorry, it's even early, earlier than two or three. It's you know the moment a child is, is is born. Unless you're trying to make the playing field level at that point, we're not going to make progress. We, if we're waiting until someone's applying for a job, their their first job, that's just too late.
3: I just wanted to add um one point to when you guys were talking about actually reaching the state of equality. I was having a conversation with a male Indian friend of mine recently, and um he said he mentioned that how he uh, has turned towards feminism and he actually understood the entire movement. So it's really refreshing, you know, when um, men come out saying that, hey, I'm a feminist, because that's when you know that you're actually making... <laughs> Small progress, but
2: at least it's good in, in the right direction. Yes, yeah, Avanti, I can agree, and I, I I hope that my son is the biggest feminist in our in our house. He probably, but genuinely and definitely, my 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 stepsons have very feminist views. Um, my dad did, and th- those are equally the people we want to influence in our lives, aren't they? The the men in our lives.
3: Right. I feel like when they actually um, you know, join the entire movement and when they're on the same page, that's when um it'll it'll help us progress even faster and it won't be seen as unfair and it won't be seen as oh the okay. attention is oh, like more women centered, you know? Because that is what that is the need of we are and that's what we're working towards.